0: Praise the Lord, I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson and I welcome you to our Romans Bible teaching. I just really would encourage you to grab your Bibles. We're gonna see some things and I pray here from the Holy Spirit today giving us some things from this third chapter of Romans. I'm so excited to be sharing God's word with you. It is the best thing we could actually be doing on the planet and that's the the truth. Uh, There's nothing more precious than God's word and a people who will hear God speak to them. I was praying before uh, I turned the camera on and I, I was just, Lord, what do I pray for the people today? And he just spoke to my heart and said, pray that my word would prosper in their hearts. So I am asking the Lord to prosper his word in our hearts today. For that is where he sent his word to prosper, amen. There are 23 sessions of the first chapter of Romans there are 11 sessions in the second chapter of romans and today this is our 12th session in chapter 3 and uh, we're just going to jump right in today and and we're going to start in in verse uh, 22 going to get through some of this today that we've been kind of stuck in in a good way kind of just kind of treading this treading water right here getting some good stuff over the last couple of sessions but Uh, Verse 22 in Romans chapter 3 says, Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And now let me say this. We talked about it last session. I'll say it and then we'll move on. You cannot separate the glory of God from from the righteousness of God. When one steps into salvation, they're free from sin through faith in the cross of Christ. They're free from sin and they're made, they become immediately. Before they do anything, they're made a a servant of righteousness because when God makes you righteous, you get that image back that we lost in the garden, that image that we now can bear of God. Remember, he created us in his image that we might have dominion over the earth. His number one mission for us, goal, purpose for us, was not that we have dominion, but that we bear his image. In bearing that image, which is a glorious image, then we walk in dominion, hallelujah. And when God gave you grace that reigns through righteousness, you, you, you received that hope of glory who is Christ Jesus, the brightness of God's glory, Hebrews 1 and 3, dwells within you now. That image, that brightness of God's glory, the express, perfect image of God dwells in you now by his Spirit. Think about that. So you can't separate the glory of God from the righteousness of God. The the entrance into the glory, even into your life today, sir, if you've been saved 40 years and you're praying for the glory, look to the cross. The Holy Spirit will ignite the glorious one who is in you and you will be able to experience him. Don't try to live back in the types and shadows when God spoke in various ways in diverse manners through clouds and pillars of smoke. Don't look for that today. Look for Christ, hallelujah. And he dwells in you by his spirit in these last days. He's not speaking to us, <coughs> excuse me in various ways and diverse manners. He's speaking to us by his son, Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. Glory to God, that's good news. That'll get you out of a a sinking boatload of false doctrine right there. You know, there's men like, Kenneth Hagan who tried to teach on faith and didn't really have a clue what faith was all about and talked about uh, the glory came in the room, a purple haze of smoke come in and filled the room up. That's that's living under types and shadows. Listen, we don't need a purple haze. We don't need a cloud, glory to God. We've got Jesus, hallelujah, praise God. I just needed to say all that today for those who have ears to hear and not just following every little thing they read in a book. Amen, praise God. He says in verse 24, being justified freely. Can we just stop and say freely? That's right, freely. You didn't pay for it. If you tried, you still don't have it. If you tried to work for it, you still don't have it. And if you did honestly, legitimately, get born again, saved one day through faith in the death of Jesus and what he did to save you for the atonement and forgiveness of your sins, and you are born again, but then somebody, some preacher, some grandma comes along, some good friend and tells you, yeah, but you've also got to do this to really be saved. You got to tell them, no, it's all free. It's all free. Hallelujah. When somebody tries to tell you, you got to work for it or do something, their mentality is, I can earn it. And God says, if you think you can earn it, it's not a gift to you anymore. A gift is a free gift. Hallelujah. You don't have to pay for a gift. Somebody said amen. There are millions in our nation alone, millions who are being told every week, you have to do this. You have to commit this. And they name something that people have to do to literally be born again, such as water baptism. That's something you do. It's so simple, my friends. If You can't do anything to save yourself except believe upon the one. The same way Abraham had righteousness imputed unto him is the same way everybody gets righteousness, the righteousness of God imputed unto us. It's by faith in the one who came and gave his life, that sacrificial work of the Redeemer. Abraham believed that. Amen. Romans 4 bears that out. He didn't just believe. He believed that. That's the only thing that brings justifying faith and a status of righteousness and glory to God. It brings the glory into your life too. Hallelujah. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. It's in Christ Jesus. That means in his death in his death. That's what in Christ Jesus means. There's only one entrance place into Christ, and that's his death. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 3, don't you know that as many of us as have been baptized into Christ have been baptized into his death? Not about water tank. Water can't save you, but being baptized into the death of Christ can See, your faith in the atonement and the sacrificial work, the death of Jesus Christ for your sins, God sees that faith and acknowledges that faith alone. And the work, the operation of God was to immerse you into that death. That's why the apostle Paul could write in Galatians 2 and 20, I'm crucified with Christ. He could write in this very letter, the book of Romans to the Roman church in in chapter 6, that the old man is dead. He's, He's been crucified. Think about that. When God saw his son dying for your sins because your faith is in him, he also saw you being crucified with him. The cross is where you are identified with Christ. It's the only way you could then be buried with him and then be raised to newness of life in him. And the experience of that victory and that resurrection power, that glorious resurrection power today in our lives is if our faith remains in in what he did for us at Calvary. Watch this. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. Think about that word. It means atonement for, substitute for, the price paid for. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. Faith in his blood, not you doing something. Faith in his blood. Watch this now. Through faith in his blood to declare... His righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. To declare, watch this, verse 26. To declare, I say, notice the declaration of where, where the declaration of righteousness happened, where God declared righteousness to the world. Watch this, verse 26. To declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness his righteousness, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believes in Jesus. Now, now let me say something today, and oh, Lord, help us to get this, and may it be so strong, and may the word of God here prosper in our hearts to such a degree that, that, that it would cause us to let go of anything false we have been trusting in. We've been believed. It doesn't matter if if who told it to us. We've trusted them and honored them our whole lives. We've got to let go of some things if we're going to go on with God, if we're going to get anywhere with God. The declaration of God's righteousness happened at Calvary. The declaration of God's righteousness happened at Calvary. And for all who place their faith in what Christ did at Calvary, their lives manifest that declaration of righteousness. That's why when you go back and you read verse 22, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, amen, and it's the righteousness, back up to verse 21, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. People who try to bring the law into grace, it won't fit, it won't go. You've got to get out of law to get into grace. You've got to be delivered from the law to be finding the blessings of grace. Jesus Christ came to deliver us from the law. Think about that. Let me turn over to uh, Galatians uh, chapter 4, verse 4. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law. Jesus, a Jewish man, born of a woman, born under the law, obeyed all the laws. Watch this now. Verse 5, Galatians chapter 4. To redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons so as long as we're thinking that we got to do something that's law anything we think we have to do even the biblical principles the works of god are only in christ they're not there to get you in christ ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 tell us the works are in christ so you can't work outside to get in. You got to get in through believing and there the works exist. Amen, brother Curtis. Hallelujah. That's good news for some of you who've been trying to work. You, you, You legitimately got saved one time and then you just got hooked up with the wrong pastor, the wrong church that the law is still speaking to them and they're speaking the law to you. If you back up to verse 19 in this third chapter, it says, we know the law speaks to those who are under it. So, those who are preaching law are under the law. Those who are preaching grace, which is appointing only to the cross for initial salvation, daily victory, and daily salvation. all the provision of God comes through grace because we've been made righteousness we've been made we've been adopted as children of God, only under grace can we experience. The the blessings of being the heirs of God, the children of God that we are. He couldn't come and just let the blessings flow under law. He had to deliver us from the law and get us under grace because under grace is where the experience of, I said, the experience of being the children of God exists. If we go back under law, We listen to somebody who the law speaking to them and they're speaking the law to us. Yeah, you're really not saved unless you're water baptized. You're, You're really not saved and you won't have the power of God in your life unless you do this, this, and this. That's law. You doing is law. Faith in his doing, the work at Calvary, is grace. It's that simple. When you try to take scriptures and twist them to make it sound like you have to do something to be right with God, to be saved by God, to get the provision of God, you've made that law and not grace. It's free under grace. It's free under grace. He did it all for you at Calvary. Think about that. And One of the main things I want to bring out today in this half-hour teaching is this if my faith is in the sacrifice of Christ. And what does that mean? That means I believe right now that I literally died my old man, the one that was born into this life as a sinner, without hope, without power, without strength, separated from God, born in sin and iniquity, and no way having anything in and of myself could I be right with God. I had to accept Christ Jesus' death for my forgiveness, for my salvation, for my becoming a child of God. I believe that I was crucified with Christ. I believe that right now. That is my object of faith right now. That's not what I believed at 11 years old, and now I believe something else. That is what I believe at this very moment. My object of faith is Jesus dying for me, me dying with him, Jesus being buried, me being buried with him, Romans chapter six. It's all there and Jesus being resurrected three days later, and me being resurrected in him to live my life together forever with him, all because of the cross. The cross is where it all began. The cross is where we were placed in him 2,000 years ago. Literally, according to the Bible, we can go back from before the foundation of the world. For Revelations 13.8 says the Lamb was slain from before the foundation of the world. And Ephesians one three says he chose us in him from the foundation of the world. What did that mean? That means before God ever created and started this magnificent plan, before he ever put it into motion as far as the earth and us formed of dirt and created in his image and him breathing his spirit life into us, He had already laid a foundation in the slain Lamb's blood, His Son, Jesus Christ. And when God laid that as the anchor, as the root of everything He would do for man, He looked and He saw all those who would believe and he chose them to be his children. So you and I have been chosen before the foundation of the world because of our faith. He saw our faith. He didn't just choose you and didn't choose them. He chose you because your faith. He saw your faith. Don't believe that Calvinistic mess about he chose them, made them to go to hell, but he made you to go to heaven. That's not the Bible. The Bible is God's will is that none should perish, but all be saved. That's the Bible. So think about that. And and I speak from experience. I remember back in the 90s when the purpose-driven church came out. We bought the book. We highlighted all the things that we had to go do now if we wanted to have the favor and the power of God in our lives. And our faith was moved from the cross to doing these things, spending thousands of dollars, to do this, to do that, literally going and knocking on doors, asking people, are they in church? No, we're not in church. Well, what would it take to get you in church? What would we have to change in our church to make you feel comfortable in our church instead of just preaching the gospel and letting the Holy Spirit do the rest? I want you to know it ain't about getting people in your church. It's about getting people in the kingdom. Noah preached a redemptive message. He was a preacher of righteousness, the Bible says. Think about that. It was up to God to do the rest. It's not up to us to change the message to get people in. There's a church right down the road here in Texarkana playing rock and roll music with flashing lights on their platform. The Spirit of God is nowhere near that place. They, they've been so desensitized and deceived, they think that God uses worldly music, rock and roll music. God, God doesn't use anything. The Bible says he only works in truth. Psalms 33, 4. Truth is a man named Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Jeremiah 31.3 says it's his loving kindness that draws us, not the tools we use to draw men. And God's loving kindness is only seen as we preach the cross. We've been so desensitized to what feels good. We've just accepted anything. We better get away from that, my friend. The church is dying and they get mad and hateful toward us preachers of righteousness. They, they, they disown us, they, they, they block us and unfriend us on social media. And when we see them, they just so they just say what they have to say just to get us out of their face and they move on because there's nothing we have in unity anymore. They may have gotten saved one time, but they're out of the faith, they're walking in the flesh wholeheartedly. They, they're so deceived they don't even know there's anything wrong. They're so far away from God they don't even know there's anything wrong with playing rock and roll in the church worldly demonic music that was derived from the flesh of the world think about that my goodness you're talking about millions in our own nation right now millions and pastors are the ones allowing this in their congregations. And they hear people like us pointing to the word, pointing to the cross, and they just, it, 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 it turns their stomach, literally, when they hear preachers of the cross. Think about how sad that is. Think about how sad that is. And it's not okay, but you need to know this. There will only be a few preaching the right message. There will only be a few, as there was in Noah's day. There was only one, thank God there's more than one, but there's only a few. Preachers are listening to these kind of messages, these teachings today, and saying, yeah, but. And that but is what's holding them under law. It's under law, they're only under law. And under law, there's only ungodliness and unrighteousness. That's all that exists there. So let's make sure we get this today the declaration of God's righteousness took place at the cross. That's why if I place my faith in the cross right now today, my life literally, not me saying my faith is in the cross, not me going to a church that claims they're preaching the message of the cross, my faith today, right now, is literally in Christ and him crucified. That's where my faith stands. That's the faith that saved me. Ephesians 4 says there's only one faith, and that's the faith that gives me strength to live. It's the faith of the Son of God that loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2 and 20. There's only one, my friend. And if that's where my faith is, then the declaration of God's righteousness will be manifest through my life. How you say I'll be able to love you no matter what you say or think or do to me no matter what you think about me say about me do to me I'll be able to love you won't be an easy thing the cross wasn't an easy thing but it's a possible it's a possibility because that love of Christ because of that righteousness imputed unto me comes the glory of God that we lost at one time, comes the glory of God, comes the love of God. First John chapter four, write it down. First John chapter four, verses nine and 10 tell us that the cross of Christ is the manifestation of God's love. Do you understand if that's what my faith not was, when I was just born again, but today is that what I'm trusting in today, or have I am I have I have I, am I lighting a candle? A- am I trusting in giving of the tithes and the offerings for God to get me out of the smoking or cussing or watching the things on the computer that is very ungodly and wicked that nobody knows about but me and God? I need deliverance, God. I need your help. I can move into a sinking boat thinking because I'm giving a little more money in the offering or because I'm going out now with the church and being more involved that I'm going to experience deliverance. Deliverance is a part of salvation. It's our daily conforming into the image of Christ, into the very image of his death. Not our doing, but our believing. That's faith. We don't live by what we do. We live by faith in what Jesus did. So simple. But we can be so subtly and deceitfully, deceptively moved into wondering, why, why ain't you doing for me, God? They're delivered. Why, why am I not delivered? You see what I'm doing. You, you see my work. God wants you to know it's free. But it's only free when your faith is in Christ and we're proven we don't believe it, and it only comes free. A lot of Christians are not free today because they're not believing in the avenue in which it all comes to them free. You must keep your faith in the cross where the declaration of God's righteousness and mercy and grace and love was manifested. The declaration was manifested. Jesus Christ dying on the cross for, for all of humanity was God declaring the his righteousness, his love, his mercy, his grace. That's why the centurion standing there that day could be moved upon by the Spirit of God and declare, surely this is the Son of God because it was God speaking manifesting, declaring His righteousness. That's why it's so important that you and I keep our faith in the cross, not be moved. I don't care how precious that mother, that wife, husband, son, daughter, co-worker, boss, good friend is to you. they may be meaning to help you with all their heart, but if they're under law, they can't do anything for you but help hold you down under law. You must listen to those who are pointing you to grace. And grace only comes through faith, and that being faith in what Jesus did at Calvary. In that is the declaration of your freedom, your liberty, your righteousness in Christ, your, your freedom, your everything is in Christ. And it was all declared and only declared from the cross, manifest at the cross. Think about that, my friends. Think about that. And if that's where your faith is, the manifestation of that, all of that will be in your life. If that's not where your faith is, then what you'll be manifesting is your preacher or your church or your denomination or your something. It ain't about us. It's about presenting Christ through all the blessings that he offers us as adopted, grafted into the body of Christ, children of God, that can only happen under grace. And just because you went under grace when you were born again does not mean you're still under grace. Galatians, read the book of Galatians. They were falling from grace. Didn't say they were losing their soul, but God was reaching for them because they were in a danger, and he flat out just told them bluntly in chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, if you do go back out there and start believing that circumcision, if you go get circumcised, you fall from grace. Listen to me carefully. Write it down. Read it later. Galatians 1. Four, or chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, Christ can no longer profit or affect you. Most Christians think that, that that's just... A lot of Christians will have to go look that up because they didn't even know that. And some of them would say, I don't believe it because no matter what I do, he promised me he'd never leave me or never forsake me. That's truth. But here's another truth. You can remove yourself from him, Galatians 1 and 6. You can fall from grace, and the only place to fall is back under law. And there are no benefits of the adoption of children under law. It's only under grace. And grace only functions in our lives by faith in the cross of Christ. See, it's not just Christ. Folks who think it's just Christ, they've missed the boat. It's the cross of Christ. Paul, the apostle, didn't say we preach Christ. He said we preach Christ crucified. Why? Because according to the word, that's the declaration of all that you have to be to get to heaven and all that you will have to have to walk in a place of experiencing the blessings of God. And you can say, well, I, I, I don't know about all you're saying. I've been blessed of God. No, a Muslim, a Jehovah's Witness, a Mormon living across the street who don't know God, they're lost, they're not on their way to heaven, can have all the material things that you have. Don't let that deceive you. It's kind of like love. Jesus taught in John 14, it's those that obey my words that love me. If they're not obeying my words, they don't love me. He makes no bones about it. That's the way it is. Really, the only proof that you and I love God is that obedience emanates according to the word, not our own regulations. Obedience to the word emanates from our life. And that can't happen, my friends, unless there's a faith there in that word that's being driven by that love that drove Jesus to the cross. You can't get away from the cross, my friend. If you get away from the cross, even if you didn't know you did it, the Lord's trying to reach. That's why you're watching this broadcast because the Lord is reaching for you just like he did through John the Baptist. Just, who is he reaching to? The nation of Israel, that was God's nation commanding them to repent, to turn away from that which is false, that which is away from the direction God is going, which has always been a direction of grace and faith and a coming Redeemer. For us, He's already come. Now we just have to believe and accept Him. So the cross is God's declaration of righteousness. And when we believe and we place our faith in the cross daily, we will, like verse 22 says, this righteousness of God is unto all and upon all. The unto all is the initial receiving the status of being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But the upon all is when you and I contend for the faith, refuse to move our faith to these fads and these new things of this new false apostate age the church has fallen prey to, we don't move out. We keep hanging to the cross and we get ourselves out of these churches that they're not preaching this. Preachers are flat out blatantly saying, we don't need to preach this. You got to run from that. You've got to run from that. The Bible tells us in many areas of God's word to turn away from those who only have a form of godliness. There's a form there. There's a form there. But they're denying the power. See, if if they're pointing to anything but the cross for salvation of any kind, victory over sin of any kind, the provision of God for any kind, any pointing that anything other than the cross in God's eyes is doing despite to the spirit of grace, an insult to the spirit of God, the spirit of grace, counting the blood of the covenant, an unholy thing. That means we're trying to achieve holiness through some other measure than through the righteousness of God, the only avenue it can come. Praise God. Well, we're past time, we're out of time. It happens every time. I love you, God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. Share these messages on social media. They're they're only about a half hour long. You can avail yourself to all of them on my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson, 316. Until next time, stay determined to know nothing other than Christ and him crucified. God bless you.